You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Spirituality is a cult. Oh, yeah, she said it. She said the thing. She said the thing that no one else wants to say because God forbid we call ourselves out about what this space is becoming in so many ways. (laughs) Oh, I laugh because it's just, it's one big social experiment is what it feels like sometimes. And as much as I think we would all like to believe that we are immune to succumbing to this, to gurus, to giving our power away, to trusting others before ourselves, we're not immune to it. We're not immune to power trips. We're not immune to groupthink. Um, and it really takes a very high level of discernment and self-awareness to remain sovereign and not get wrapped up in all of these things. So I'm really, really, really excited that we had this conversation. The women that I am talking to today. Laura Holloway, Megan Curry, Katie Calder, Carolina Parnell are some of my best friends in the world. This is my sisterhood I talk about all the time that I love and adore. And we really believe in having conversations that are not necessarily being had anywhere else. And I wanted to bring this to the forefront. So, yes, we fucking go there. This is epic. and. I think it's just a really great sort of gut check into where we are, where we stand, and what we believe to be an integrity and true for ourselves. So before we get into this, um, a couple things. Laura Holloway hosts an incredible podcast called Activate, and Megan Curry, alongside her amazing mama Peggy, hosts the podcast Make Life Delicious. I highly recommend you checking both of these shows out. They are phenomenal. They're having incredibly deep, thoughtful, moving, challenging conversations in both of these shows from different perspectives. And it's really cool to step into experiences that are different than yours and learn from different types of people who are from different walks of life and see the world through a different lens than you do. This is how we learn and grow. This is how we challenge ourselves to not just be inside of our box and our perspective. So make sure you check out Activate and Make Life Delicious. Both of those shows will be in the show notes for you to just click and head over and listen to my girls. Katie Calder is the queen of human design. So if you have an opportunity to work with her one-on-one, I know you've heard her the last couple of weeks. She's been on the show twice. Three three weeks in a row now I have Katie Calder. I'm fucking grateful and blessed as hell. She is, oh, there are no words for this woman. I love her so much. Book a session with her. Just do it right now. She is everything. And Carolina Parnell, Carolina, as we talk about the Onyx, has agreed to facilitate a, how do I want to say this? A medicine ceremony a meditation ceremony with plants. So this is not plant medicine. 
like you think about it. We're not going to be sitting with mushrooms or ayahuasca. That is not what we're doing inside the onyx. But she is going to pick a plant of her choice because she is the plant spirit lady and understands the divine wisdom of Mother Earth. And so we will be sitting in circle with Carolina. And let me tell you, we did this inside of our sisterhood circle. And holy shit, we all blasted off. Carolina is so powerful and understands what the plants can do for us when we just sit and listen. And so I'm so excited for you to get to hear more from her. She was also just on the show a few weeks ago. So all the girls, all the girls and all their magic. I'm just so happy to share it with all of you. Um, If you would like to join the Onyx, of course, I would be so thrilled to have you. My solo episodes are in there with extended versions. So I sit with the prompts that I create for you and talk you through them. And it's really more of what feels like a one-on-one coaching experience so that you have someone to facilitate you through the prompts, to ask you the questions, to help guide you on this journey. Because I understand that it can be really overwhelming and you don't know where to start. And what do you write down? And what do you even say or share? And what do you do when something comes up that really is painful or uncomfortable? And I am here to guide you in that as well as sitting in circle in our women's circles that I facilitate um, and sitting with healers like Carolina. We have Emily the Medium coming in next week. Oh, I'm so excited. We had Howard Wills last week. Yay. Um, So we have so many incredible things coming up for you as well as the beautiful journal and playlist by DJ Megan Taylor. I'm just pushing all the things today because this is all my friends and they are the women who've moved me and shaped me and have helped me become. And that's what I created this space for, for you. So if you'd like to join us in this incredible community, the link is in the show notes. I would love to have you inside the Onyx. All right. Get ready, girl. It's coming. Spirituality is a cult right now. Megan, Carolina, Katie, Laura, holy shit. A five-person podcast. This is my dream life. This is so good. Thank you for having us. This is so fun. I love this. Um, Katie just said something super profound. So we decided we're gonna start there. Girl, (laughs) hit me. I just it we've needed this conversation for such a long time. And this conversation in general is so needed because people don't see that they're outsourcing. They don't see that they're outsourcing their power. They're outsourcing their authority. And even just starting this off in general, we're talking about spirituality, right? As a whole. And the understanding that there's no one person, one ideology, one path that has the authority on truth. Boom. What is it that we are doing that forces us to believe that we must give our power away and reach to gurus? Oh, I mean, I think about just society in in general now, you know, I always think about the stuff that Connor posts and like what you do. It's like you put the power in other people as a society. We have these structures that are supposed to support us and tell us what to do and do all these things. But I feel like that's what this, this time has like really shaken up is that we're coming back to that. We know what's best for us. We know all of these things and that power being turned back on us is 
very intimidating and scary for a lot of people. You know, I think about that quote, it's like, you're not scared of what you can't do. It's like, you're actually more terrified of how powerful you are. Mm. Yeah. Like the, we're not really truly trained and prepared to hold success. A lot of, a lot of us, um, I feel like we're not programmed to be truly successful and know what all that feels like. And that's very, you know, 3d, but also I feel like just everything that we've ever seen has been what Meg just said, you know, in our, the way our society is set up, the way our governments are set up, the way our belief systems are set up, religions are set up. There's always, you know, one sort of speaker and then everyone's following suit. And it's supposed to be for the good of all. And we're watching all of that fail. And so we're sort of in this exploratory phase of, well, what do I believe? Well, what resonates with me as a truth and seeking that? And for me personally, it's, it's a rocky road because, you know, when you find something that's a brand new truth to you, that's exciting, that's not in the mainstream, there's a process of study and then integration from philosophy into experience, right? Like what Meg was saying before we started recording. And there's in that, there's like a trap of outsourcing power because you're like finding all of this truth. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, that's, that's the way, but it's not. Maybe it's part of the way for you, but it's not like for everyone needs this or something. I feel like a lot of individuals right now are in that exploratory phase. It makes me think about ayahuasca, how everyone's like, everyone needs to do it. But let me tell you, there's so many people that would not do well with that. Everyone does not need to do ayahuasca. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. It's interesting to me because... I want to talk about this truth discovery because that's where I have been for the last few years. And I think that at least in my experience, what happens is that you start to have these realizations and things start coming forward and they feel outside of you, even though they're resonating because they're so different from anything else you've ever explored or discovered within yourself. It feels like someone else is giving you this information. And I think that's where we have to get very clear and be discerning is, is this someone feeding something to me or is this coming from within, but it just feels unknown and different? Because that's when I think, oh, someone's feeding me something and it feels really good and I need to follow that is where we start to outsource more versus when we're getting information and we know it's connected to within, it's coming from us and it is, it is powerful because it is a knowing, then that is when we are becoming our own healer, our own knower and tapping into that. And I don't think that there's enough discernment between the two, which then causes us to revert back to giving our power away. Mm, well said. And I feel like we can have this conversation, though, because we've seen the contrast, like whether we've known the specifics of each of our individual journeys really over the past four years has been this massive amplification. I know I personally have had experiences where I have given my power away and without even quite knowing it, but seeing in hindsight of, oh, I gave this guru 
this shaman, this energy alchemist, this spiritual teacher, some authority in a way, in ways that were very subtle. And because of that, and because of being able to see the contrast of where potentially we put others on a pedestal, now we're able to see, we're able to see it because we've held it within ourselves, right? And it's, it's so fascinating. We've talked about this all the time in our sister circle, but how we're really fully in the Aquarian age now. And especially this month, it's February. And this is the month where there's like, you know, Carolina, you might know five or six planets going into Aquarius. And today, today, literally today. We're recording this Uh, on uh, February 1st. February 1st. Yeah. And it's a massive, I didn't realize how big this like, this conjunction of all of these planets was. I thought that the big one was in December. No, this is even huger. And what we see with that is over the past really 2,500 years, right? We've had this Piscean age where it's been about the individual. It's been about looking at the guru. It's been about putting others on a pedestal and having the knowledge in the hands of a few. And it's so perfect that we're doing a call like this today because all of us know that one, our individual voices aren't meant for everyone. That's why we each have our unique tone, our unique color to activate and open up people into different areas but we know that we don't hold all, none of us individually hold all of the knowledge all of the wisdom but it's about the collective and i i think that this is sometimes people need to see it within themselves people on, are on their journey of maybe it is in saying that this person has the power this person has the knowledge to then see the contrast and realize oh wait that's not going to last because it's not it, what's so fascinating about this in general is that we're having this conversation at the same time I don't have a doubt in my mind that these like old beliefs and ideologies are going to crumble. And so I think those who are outsourcing their powers or putting their belief system in the hands of a few are going to have more of a, I don't know, conflicting journey, internal journey of realizing, oh, wait, I can't rely on this person or this person or this thing or this cult, quote unquote, to give me truth. Well, and what it makes me think of is we jump from our society, our environment, our parents, wherever we're raised from that set of beliefs and someone telling us what to do. And then we jump into another group where we have a leader who is telling us what to do. And so then we just jump into following another set of beliefs and systems rather than asking, as I say this almost every podcast at this point, so my listeners are probably annoyed with me, but as Laura has taught me, which has been the catalyst for my life changing, is asking better fucking questions. We don't ask better questions. We just jump into the next thing. And we're like, oh, well, they seem enlightened or woke or like they've got their shit together. Let me just go listen to them because that seems like the next best step when we don't do our due diligence on the way there to ask better questions about how we got into this position in the first place and what it is we really want out of our lives and our knowing and our intuition and what our intuition even is rather than just letting someone else once again dictate that experience for us. Well, think about our education system, like what's happening right now. Like I wasn't a product of critical thinking, but think about everybody is on standardized tests. They don't care to understand how you arrive at an answer, a resolution. You think about these scientific theories. Theories is an idea that is meant to be proven wrong until something else comes in. These theories we take as concrete facts. And it's like, we've gotten 
in a sense, not lazy, but like in a way where we've forgotten that we're supposed to question. We're supposed to like create your own way. You think about just like a child from a mom, like that separation is necessary to evolve into your own individual human being. But we've been fed from what our parents teach us to then teachers, thinking that teachers know everything, which let me tell you, I've worked with so many kids that are so much more in touch, so much, so much wiser than so many adult teachers that we've gotten so far removed from really using our, our minds and questioning stuff. I think that's a big part of it too in our society. And I think that's what's so can feel so sticky and uncomfortable right now because yes, even though today is the day everything moves into the Aquarian age, like Katie and I talked about this, there's the period from when a butter, like a, a, a caterpillar transforms into a butterfly. There's that moment where you come out of that chrysalis and you're still gooey. You can't just like fly away. Like we're in that goo and that's uncomfortable. So I think people are trying to find something to to help feel more in control of this really out of control way, which is a slippery slope because then you start like listening or putting all of your faith and power into somebody telling you, oh, well, this is why, this mm. is why it's like that. Katie, you know what this also makes me think of? Meg, I'm, I love the way you described that. It's the critical thinking piece. So not that I want to get into politics by any means, because that's not my forte. Um, but the person that I have sex with uh, talks about this all the time. And we have been knee deep in the GameStop situation for the Oof. last week. OK, talk about critical thinking. This is the masses on Reddit at this point and beyond now using their critical thinking skills to be like, hold up a second. We've been believing this thing for so long. And now we're playing your game that we haven't, quote unquote, had access to. So now we're thinking, okay, what's possible? Can we do this thing? And now there is an uprising around it. And so I feel like that is, it's being shown to us on such a grand stage right now. Mm -hmm. And it's so wild. So Kelly, we had an episode come out what, like a week ago and I listened to it and we literally were talking about everything that has been showing up in the past week and a half and will continue. And I just had a conversation with Carolina about this GameStop thing. And we're like, finally, yeah. it's happening. And what's really interesting is that, you know, some people are waking up or having their awakening to that these systems are falling. Megan just mentioned education. Like what I don't think most realize is that it's not going back. It's not going back, right? Just like when a caterpillar turns into a chrysalis and is in the goo. It's not like, okay, this was fun. I'm going back into my cocoon and going to be a caterpillar because I don't want to be this anymore. No, no, no. Like it's already shattering. The reality is already shattering. And we're only moving into more of that. And that's where the like, not only discernment, right? It's the critical thinking, the discernment. But when many are not yet ready for not only a reality to shift, but to know that that old reality isn't actually coming back, that can be that can be a lot. And that's where projections can flare. That's where it can feel so much safer to have someone else just tell us what's happening and tell us how to navigate this. But it's like, mm, it's not going to fly. 
it's not going to fly. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think our federal government went through all the permutations of giving everyone twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> everyone who you know fit in within that. <laughs> well, everyone's going to now be just as smart and skilled as as a brokerage, like a a, a broker, a stockbroker. It's like so easy now to get information. I really, I have a question though. Back to the spiritual piece because it's like. We have these lineages that bring a lot of help, you know, to like yogic traditions and things like that. That are actually, you know, they they bring a lot of help. But I'm wondering, like, you know, whenever I come into some great information, I'm like, yeah, but why is it really being so heavily guarded? Like, why can't you just show it all? You know, like. It's such sort of a, sorry, it's just such a, um, an old paradigm mechanism where the teacher guards the knowledge and the student has to over, you know, however long or give however much of their life's time or their money to access it. I think that's a really important piece. And I do know, like, there are values of like, you know, discipline and doing certain things in order to gain certain um, understanding. You know, you can't just like, as people don't think you can just download something and really embody it. I do think that's accelerating. And I think it's possible that it'll continue to accelerate. Um, I'm just wondering what you all think about when you're faced with a teacher who wants you to pay, you know, $800 for knowledge that is really ours in the first place. Carolina, this makes me think of like Kabbalah, like in Judaism, that was reserved for 40 plus year old men. And it took only years before you could have access to this. As women, we weren't allowed to know this really the mysticism behind Judaism and I totally agree I think I remember being in a I did Sinai scholars in college I got paid to take a class on Judaism in college and I remember learning this and questioning my rabbi being like how can you say only men get access to this and like I think that's this what you're saying is like paying for information or access to a learning, a practice, an idea that people are now like kind of questioning. I think about the sliding scale of what is it? Transcendental meditation, like learning how to do that. Like if you can pay as much or as little, depending on what your value, like what you make, like that in of itself, like that's so interesting. But that also reminds me of Scientology, which is really, I feel like, began this conversation for me and why I wanted to talk to you all about it. And how many times in our sisterhood call have we talked about cults and manipulation and like what you have to do to get to the next level? And that's what Scientology was based off of, is basically giving over everything you've ever earned in order to rise up to the next level and get this accolade. And But if you gave us a quarter of a million dollars, then you could be this person. And, and you're constantly a servant to this work. 
and you're having to give all of yourself in order to achieve something that, I mean, I'm sorry, Scientology is bullshit to me. So you're achieving something that just allows them to control you further, not accessing more of yourself. So where, like, I, that's where this conversation gets so dirty to me is when money comes into play and you can only have this much based on this amount of money, like, what are we doing here? And then it hinges on the belief system that of like guilt and shame. If you can't, if you think something's wrong or you try to question it, it's actually a you problem then. It's really interesting. So I love that you brought up Kabbalah, Meg, because one, I, human design is my tool of choice right now, but it's, I could drop that tool in a day. Something else could come. And I was having a conversation. I was in a retreat to this weekend. I was talking about how I know that building a school and sharing just just through my lens of this information um, is going to be something that comes probably sometime later this year. And I had someone asked me, they're like, well, isn't that creating competition? And it made me stop because it's so the mentality, I think in the mentalities that are breaking of one, continuing this conversation of keeping the hands in the few, but also knowing that no one person owns knowledge and the entire like thing that we're shifting into is actually the knowledge is here to be in the hands of all and I bring this up because I was having a conversation with um you know a number of these these women on this retreat and uh, talking about how to access their intuition because everyone's intuition works differently in human design we call it authority but there are tons of different systems that allow you to figure out how you best access your intuition for you. And we're having this conversation about when there are these spiritual teachers or people that everyone love and everyone, everyone thinks they're amazing, whatever, like quote unquote, everyone loves them. But internally you feel resistance or you're like, I don't, I don't vibe with that information. And then you feel like it's a you problem because everyone seemingly thinks this person is great and has the authority on truth or whatever. The conversation switch is that, no, 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 that's yours to trust because this is where we get into problems when it's like group think, cult mentality, like one person has the knowledge and we need to follow this. Carolina, we've talked about this a ton. There's distortion in everything and some consistently doing is being like, if there's something I say, if there's something that anyone says that makes you feel retracted or small or doesn't land, leave it leave it. It's not for you because we're moving out of a time where you need to feel like you are wrong. It's like, no, 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 no. We need you to fully own not only your truth, but your unique medicine in this world, like your codes. And all of these systems are just here to help you get back to your medicine. All these people are not because they are the answer keeper. It's because you are the answer keeper and they're tools to help you come back to that. And I just, I bring this up too, because I think this is such an interesting conversation and in all of the work, like we've been in places where we've been totally disconnected from ourselves. Right. And we've also felt a depth of connection that we probably wouldn't have ever believed we could experience through being on this quote unquote spiritual path. But it's not because our form of quote unquote spirituality is the way to do it. It's because it's the way that's brought us back to our medicine. 
so I'm wondering just in like expanding on this conversation, if, you know, part of the importance of us having this today is like, we're, we're all so, I feel like our hearts are so in reminding others that it's not about the quote unquote guru. It's not about the following. It's not about my way. It's like, it's about you tuning into whose medicine are you intuitively guided to so that you can reconnect with your own medicine. Not because their way is the highway, because we need your way. And that's how we create this web of truly like expanding consciousness on the planet. And finding teachers who encourage that, you know, it's kind of a great key when you, when you hear a teacher who's like teaching natural law, teaching all of the things that we love and talk about all the time. And the whole point of it is for them to just light you up and then let it filter through your unique system to be expressed in your community as it resonates with you and not to follow someone else's vision of a future because, and then that brings up the question, well, not the question, but just the, the um, issue of trust and judgment, because if that's going to work, if we're all going to allow everyone to take in information, let it resonate, and then let them express what that looks like to them, that means we have to trust them to do that. And we have to also allow it to be what it is without judgment. And that's tough. I mean, you know, that's just tough. And there are a lot of things that could happen that are you know, we're like, whoa. And um, what do you all think about that? Just I'm thinking through like the actual playing this out, playing this out, like, okay, well, what if we all do that? It just makes me think, isn't this time we're shifting in from this feminine age? Like, isn't that the Aquarian age? And if you think about it, that's more nurturing. That's more like community, community driven. Whereas before it's been very much systems in place to keep structures and oppression and other things carpent what is it carpentmentalized i cannot say the word right compartmentalized <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> but like now we're coming into this this phase of like flow in a way is how i see it when i think about even like the aquarius sign the symbol of like water and flowing and like mothers and nurturing um that trust is hard if you haven't been in a place that has nurtured it, which a lot of people haven't. Without judgment, but with discernment, right? Because it's the information age. This is like, it's only going to keep coming. There's going to be more and more and more. And we're going to see information that is in direct contrast and conflict with our beliefs. But it's like, okay, I'm going to be looking at so much information and we're going to have, let's just talk about the spiritual place. There are going to be so many ideologies coming at me and it could be triggering when you see something that you're like, ah, this is potentially, I know we've all talked about, this is manipulation. Like I can see through this and I know that people are being manipulated by it. But also knowing, okay, I have trust that people are going to get to wherever they need to through this process of being able to cultivate discernment. And again, sometimes that happens from like not having any and blindly following and then 
having a rude awakening of sorts, right? I, I think part of like what I know I need to loosen my grip on too is I get really upset when I see the manipulation. And I, but I also know it's going to happen because of just the nature of what we're moving into and having trust that like, it's all playing out perfectly, but also taking aligned action to continue to communicate what, what I, and what I know we all feel really, really strongly about. Well, and what comes up for me in this, because I feel the same way, I get very frustrated when I see the manipulation happening. I think for me, it's hard because I am within reach of circles where I really know what's happening behind the scenes. And it's really hard when you know the truth and you got to keep your fucking mouth shut because it's not your stuff to tell, right? But for example, people who are on New York Times bestseller lists and it's because they buy their own book. People who write books but don't actually write their own books and have ghostwriters and have never read their book until it comes out and are spewing a bunch of shit. Um, People who want to uh, be your guru and create programs around this concept, people who pay to get on the covers of magazines and have full page spreads in these, you know, huge magazines and uh, online portals or whatever they are these days. I don't know. Um, not newspapers, um, but they're paying money to be featured. People who get the magic wand, you are the healer, you are the shaman. And because I have said so, and I have so much power, I am now going to get you millions of people to follow you. I watch I people who get on the top charts for podcasts, for God's sake, and pay for it. And so you think like, this is the person and really they just wrote a check. And we all sit here And we're like, oh, okay, well, this person is influential. They have answers. I must now follow them. And that's where I get frustrated because not everyone sees this. And it is difficult to have discernment because so-and-so says, and so you trust so-and-so. And then you get into this predicament where you've completely lost yourself in this ideology or this practice or this person, and you've given yourself to them. It drives me up the damn wall. But that's what makes me think about when, like, just of what we witnessed in this past year of these, these, the crumbling of these gurus or these women or these people that hundreds of thousands of millions of people trusted in. You're writing books about um, how wonderful your marriage is. You're writing books about how all these things are. And then you come to find out that they have a divorce or they have this, or there's like all these other things. And then it's like, you feel lied to, you feel like this is a trade. Yes. Yes. And then what we're talking, what Carolina, what you were talking about is that trust, you know, like it's been broken on so many ways, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's like a mechanism that keeps repeating itself. It's like a framework that maybe it's just because we're in the transition period between the Piscean and the Aquarian age. And it's been coming up for, well, I don't know how long, probably hundreds of years where there's something that's really full of truth and integrity that comes forward and it's appreciated and it does some benefit to a community, right? I mean, you can apply this to to GameStop or something even. Um, It's a framework that keeps repeating itself over and over right now, especially like, um, you know, a protest of some sort comes up, for example. And the integrity of like the, the, the value of it is there. It's important. 
it needs to be seen. And then it gets hijacked by, you know, the old way. And then it gets this, it, it just gets injected with money and power. And then it gets completely corrupted. And then the actual, there's all of this noise and chaos that, that erupts. And then the, the meaningful piece gets lost in the chaos. And it's really something that happens. It happens like anything, like protests at the Capitol. Maybe those people had something that they wanted to say that was really truthful. It got hijacked. You know, it's like there's all kinds of ways you can apply that, you know, framework. And it happens all the time in the spiritual community. And, you know, I do believe that people who are teachers in the spiritual community are so essential. It's so essential to share your truth. It's so essential because people need, you know, there are people who need to know my voice. There are people who need to know all the voices on this call and beyond. And I want to, you know, if I want to be a teacher, I need to feed myself and house myself, clothe myself and, you know, whatever. And at the same time, if someone asks me a question, I'm not going to be like, you know, well, let's wait for, you know, uh, next year when I come out with this, you know, workshop on that or something, for example, I'm not even doing workshops, but I'm just saying I've had that experience where information is gated. And I just, I bring it up again, because I see it just being something that is a fine line. Oh, I love that you use the word. I'm like, Katie well, just had an like, orgasm over there. I am about this conversation. Um, the fact that you use the word injected also is just perfect. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it center myself. That was a lot. That was amazing, Carolina. So <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's like, it's like there's truth everywhere. And then this old, I love this like visual. I'm seeing it. It's like, Oh, uh-oh, there's the truth. We can't let people have the truth. Let's inject it with the old so it gets distorted and diluted and so that we can craft a narrative that this is wrong. So huge too, even with what's happening in spirituality in that literally spirituality, quote unquote, is being attacked as this trend because I mean, it is this huge industry now, but there's the distortion and then there's the weird and dilution to that in places that there are inherent truth we can't allow that like it's almost like and I hope that this comes out articulately that there are truth is finally being revealed in in all in every way but wherever it is it's like literally this infiltration or this injection of distortion so that those who maybe are not ready or not ready or those who we don't want like the masses to know whatever to have access or to get into this paradigm where everyone can be sharing. And then when everyone is sharing, that has more power than we can even just say like the elite or the knowledge in the hands of the few. Then it gets, then it gets scary because that's when power shifts. And I feel like that's what we're seeing right now. We're not necessarily seeing the full shift in the Aquarian age of everyone having the power. We're seeing where, oh, it's like we're so close, but now it's all getting distorted. And it's all getting manipulated. Like you bring up the capital. I'm not going to go into detail, but it's like, 
we need to have discernment in every single situation of looking what narratives are being said. And even greater point to this, it's like, one, Carolina, you you mentioned that spiritual teachers and people sharing this are needed and we don't need there to be gatekeeping. But also there's this pesky little other thing that's happening, cancel culture and um, censorship, which Kelly, I know we spoke about, where it's almost like we want to share these things, but also if one thing is taken incorrectly, which is not actually the truth of what's being said, then that can totally shut down any future sharing of like open dissemination of information. Just want to take a brief pause in this epic conversation with all my gals in what is, I would imagine, probably one of the most powerful conversations I've ever had on this show in three years. That's how it feels to me being in it. And I want to tell you how I'm nourishing myself. It is three degrees in Denver today. And you can imagine that I want warm things around me. I'm going to go get in the sauna. I want to take a bath. I want to take a long shower. I want to be cozy. And so how am I nourishing myself on a day like this? When I just worked out, I got those squats in for my ass and getting ready. I'm recording this. Um, just before Valentine's Day. So I said that I was getting ready for a very juicy, hot Valentine's weekend. It's true. And how am I nourishing my body, getting ready for that, staying hydrated, as well as really getting every different nutrient and superfood that I want into my body? I am starting with Organifi. So I had my chocolate gold, which is about to be gone forever. So if you want it, you better get on it, honey, because they are going to put it away and it is a seasonal item now. So you better order that shit real quick. I love the chocolate gold. It is so good for my nervous system, for staying calm, but giving great energy. It helps with my sleep and my recovery. So if I'm doing the workouts like I am, um, and I want my ass to grow, but also not be super sore in the bad ways. <laughs> Just going for it today. I, I don't even know. Um, then I lean on my chocolate gold because I know it's incredible recovery with turmeric and mushrooms and lemon balm and ginger and all the good things. And it has no caffeine. So just blending that up with my coconut butter and my hot water. And I went on my way. And. I would love for you to try this because I think it's an amazing way to start and end your day. And it has truly transformed my relationship with caffeine and the way I take care of my body. You can go to Organifi.com and use the code Kelly T. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. Use the code Kelly T. You'll get 20% off, my love. And then, so I'm trying to stay hydrated because I just worked out. It's really dry here and I'm going to go get in the sauna. So I'm going to take my element into the sauna for all the electrolytes, curbs my carb cravings. It helps with fasting. So I haven't eaten since eight o'clock last night. It's 10 a.m. now and I'll probably eat here in the next hour or so after I leave you. But I love element because one, it tastes so good. It helps me drink more water because I like drinking it. It's so good for fasting. It helps 
uh, relieve hunger, cramps, headaches, tiredness, dizziness. And the thing I love most about Element, aside from their entire team being so incredible, is that they don't use sugar or artificial ingredients or coloring, anything that's unhealthy. There is none of that in Element. And they just don't believe that it's needed in order for you to get the all of the good nutrients and everything you need. We don't need to put a bunch of crap in something and lose its integrity for how it's supposed to help make you feel better with stuff. No, we don't do that over here. So if you want to try out Element, they have this super cool deal. You can get an eight-pack sampler of Element for just the price of shipping, which is $5 in the United States. So if you go to Drink Element, that's drinklmnt.com slash T. just pay $5 for shipping. You get to try an eight-pack sampler and see just how much it transforms your day and your hydration and the way you feel. I would love for you guys to try this out. They are such an incredible company, and I'm so excited to share everything that they have to offer. All right, let's get back to this one with the girls. Coming back to spirituality as a cult and all of that, the part, the name that just came keeps coming to the forefront of my mind, especially when we talk about distortion, especially when we talk about like the hierarchy of how a story is being told or injecting the truth or all these things. Mary Magdalene. Like it just comes back to this, this story of this woman that was Jesus's partner that was just slandered and brought down due to her power, due to her position. You think about how that entire story, who wrote that story, the church. You think about who was in charge of the church, white males. You think about all of these things. It just brings, and I have this deep fascination with Mary Magdalene. And I just think this is kind of it. You talk about an incident that is being completely distorted to Mother Mary, to Mary Magdalene, to Jesus Christ, this, this idea versus the reality of what was actually happening with alchemy, with partnership, sacred union, faith, healing, us all having the ability to heal. It just, it makes me think about how when things that you think have been reality for so long. And then like you're saying, Carolina, like these cyclical patterns of protests, these cyclical patterns. I mean, how long have we been fighting social injustices? How long have we been trying to do this? Like, this isn't new. I feel like it's so, uh, at this point, it's, it's um, so elegant the way that it gets infiltrated that it's kind of hard to catch so many times and but the the blessing of it is that we have technology now that's the blessing of technology i think is that it's empowering to people people have phones people can record things people can document things organically and immediately and then share it within seconds like so everything is so amplified and accelerated that you know, it's it, but at the same time, that also plays into the hands of how quickly you can spread chaos. Yeah, well, and that too, like even you talking about technology and the videos and being able to film something, and Katie talking and censorship, editing, you can edit somebody to look like they're saying something. Like 
talk about discernment. Like when you see something and you're like, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel true. But like you're seeing it with your eyes. I think that too is this shift of like how something might, how we might see things, how we perceive things. There's like what you're saying, Kelly, there's an underlying thing of what's actually happening. Even though it looks a certain way, even though you can see it with your eyes, but like, what is that truth? Coming from someone who worked in media for 15 years, let me fucking tell you something. They're not telling you the truth. And I didn't even work in news. I worked in sports. The amount of stuff that never made air that went through, that would never go through the 10 layers of protection in order to keep it sacred and safe to protect the players and the teams and the coaches and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it is unbelievable. The amount of things that we would talk about internally that would never be made public because it would hurt someone. You have to think about who is running what, who is paying for what, who owes who something. Think about all these agents and managers and people who are quote unquote high up and how did they get in that position? Because they saw someone fucking someone else and they know their deep, dark secret. And now they get to keep the power because they're protecting that person. This is happening all across the board. And how are we as a public supposed to know those things and then have discernment around that when there are layers and layers of protection keeping us, like Carolina has been saying, from this information, good, bad, or ugly? And how many times have we in the past, like, let's just talk about 2020, for example, seen something and then been like, watch this distortion narrative play out in the next week. And then it has. And part of, I mean, I know all of us independently are partially like, haha, look at us. We can see the distortion. Like, this is awesome that we can see through it. But the, the other part is kind of like, oh, wow. Oh, look at what's happening. And that's such a beautiful example, Kelly, because you've seen it firsthand. And I've been using this example recently of, especially when I have my, my background, um, my like Zoom background that, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, because I disappear into it. And I, I'll do this thing where it's like, you know, here's a pen, holding a pen in front of you. And you who can see the pen are like, yes, there's the pen. But then when I have my Zoom background, I turn the pen this way, the pen disappears. And so I'm like, here's a pen. If you can't, if you can't see the pen because it's disappearing into the Zoom background, you won't be able to see the pen. Even, even if I say, no, 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 I am holding a pen. This is a pen right here. You're not going to be able to see it. And so part of it is like, again, releasing the grasp, but knowing that, ooh, we see the pen. We see the pen. I want everyone to see the pen, but not everyone sees the pen now. And like, when does everyone see the pen? And that can be, that's where I'm finding, I'm continuing like coming back to my breath, like coming back to the practices of being like, wait, but it's right there. It's right there. And I know that for all of you, it's like, once you see, you can't not see. And it's like, there. it's just like something switches on and it's not because you have the authority on truth, right? It's not because you're so wise and you're a guru and we're so, we have so much more access. No, it's just a level of awareness of like, once you see, you can't not see. And it's not because to like, oh, now I need to give this information to everyone. It's just like, no, no, no. I want, I want humanity to be able to evolve and to be able to be free and to be able to 
you know, move into the full capacity of what we can be. But the more you can't see the pen, like, and the more that distortion happens and people see the pen less and less, that's where I think that's some of the whole point of we're having this conversation today. It's like, no, 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 we just want you to see the pen because once you can see it, you can write whatever you want. You can create new stories and new narratives. We can create a new earth. But if you can't see it, someone else is always writing that story for you. And that feels safe. Damn, Katie Calder. (laughs) I love that. That's such a great visualization (sighs) for what's happening and the pen and being able to write your own story. Like, oh, sister. Yes. I feel like the the Zoom mic drop is throwing on mute. (laughs) Yes. You just threw it on mute. (laughs) That's so true, Carolina. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so good. Wow. So good. And this is where it comes back, Carolina, to you saying it's so important. Everybody saying it from their words. Teachers need to do this. There need to be multiple people sharing this truth, holding their own pen so that other people can feel that they are able to resonate. You know, that word's getting thrown around a lot, but like being able to like hear it in their languaging and can be like, I get it. Katie, your tool is human design. Carolina, it's through plants coming back to the earth, through food, through spirituality, through sexuality. Whatever that tool is, hear yourself, this greater truth. That's why, like you're saying, we all need to have a voice. No one voice is better than the others because somebody is going to be able to hear it from your mouth clearer. I love that. So I want to ask this question because we keep talking about the truth. What is the fucking truth? People are talking about the capital T truth and the lowercase t truth. And Connor always makes fun of me when I talk about my truth because I change my mind every second seconds. And I'm like, never mind. I believe this now. Okay. So then there's like your ever evolving truth and to not be married to this thing and to not just believe someone because they say that's their truth, because that might not be mine. And I would, this is for everyone. I don't care, but like, what is the truth? I mean, this kind of comes back to what we were just talking about, Kelly, on our podcast that we just did. Like, this junk. I think it starts with self-reflection and just really looking at where did I come from? How did I handle where my environment as a kid? How was I affected? What hurt me? What gave me energy? You know, and then like, what did my teens look like? How did I react? How did I maneuver, you know, looking at all of that, those choices of, you know, just reflecting back on your life story and sort of how that path has gone is a great way to start getting in touch with your essence. And then, you know, a lot of times the way we look back on our life story isn't our truth yet. We are looking back on our life story with like a clouded lens of, self-loathing or shame or guilt or like some low vibe, you know, kind of frequency. And that's when we look to, you know, teachers to help us to clarify our lens on ourselves. And then we start to see the pen and then we can start to swallow bigger collective truths 
And, you know, you at the same time, you know, we're all sort of impulsed by this acceleration that we're experiencing in the collective. You know, everyone's on a different part of that awakening process. I really do for myself. My truth is that it all started for me when I stopped drinking and doing drugs and I started looking at my life and I credit the 12 steps for helping me to start that sort of self-knowledge. And, um, and then I grew from there and, you know, it's just different for everyone. But I do think that, you know, you can't just blast people with whatever you think is true. And then, you know, it's sort of like, there's a, there's an elegant like progression to people awakening. And I do believe, I think it's Katie who says it all the time that whoever is meant to hear you will hear you. What you have to say is not meant for everyone. It's meant for whoever's there showing up in their life path to witness what you have to say. And then, you know, the beauty of the just, it's like a lightning strike and all of the little, you know, rays of like electricity. I love that. And the truth is nuanced. And the truth is that the truth is ego to say that there's one truth. The truth is that we're multidimensional forms and live in a multidimensional universe in this very dense three-dimensional form that does not have the capacity to know the full possibility of truth. Like we literally don't, we would combust. That's why we came back into this form to experience ourselves, which is a whole different conversation. But if there is any truth, the truth is that it's not black and white. It's not this or that. It's not that this person is so bad because they leave this or like, this is the one that's right because of this. The truth is that anytime that you do do that and create separation between the other, you're inherently not in the truth. Because that's just not, there isn't separation in the oneness. Like the truth is that it's all about oneness, right? And so the truth, I love, I'm like rambling of like, what does truth even mean? Because it doesn't, like, it isn't a singular thing. It, it, it's ever evolving and it's ever evolving on the collective level. So the more and more we shift into either more unity, when we heal separation ourselves, when we see like Carolina, what a beautiful example of looking looking into your past and realizing where have you created separation yourself and where do we continue to every single day? Like this is something that we all look at every single day because the more and more we can bridge that, the more and more we can realize that because this person has this truth and this person has this truth, it's not that they don't both exist. It's that there's this bigger picture in which kind of it, none of it really matters. <laughs> and that's where cancel culture is such a disease mm-hmm. because it's like you hear someone say something, you're like, mm, I don't know if I agree with that. Click and you're off. But they could have just two or three sentences later said something that just completely sparks you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to agree with everything some, someone says. You can agree with part of it. And that's okay. You know what I, I keep like seeing in my mind as you all are talking and you're speaking so beautifully about all of this. Thank you. Is I keep seeing rather than identifying with this truth, which feels very concrete, it's like, it must be this, this is the definition, this is the identity of it. What if it was almost, if we could envision our quote unquote truth as this internal compass of knowing. And so the compass is always kind of changing. 
right? Depending on where you're walking and then it like it moves and then you see like, oh, okay, I'm going like northeast rather than just north now. And it just is always shifting. What if that was it? What if that is what we allowed to guide us rather than this? I I don't know. It just feels like this deep attachment to truth because that then allows us control. And I'm always, because that's my thing is releasing control. I'm always trying to pinpoint where I'm still controlling things without even realizing it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm so woke. I don't control anything. And then Connor's like, Oh honey, let me, let me show you the seven ways you tried to control me today. (laughs) So it's like, okay, if I could pinpoint this thing and realize this is a compass, an internal compass that is always moving and it can shift, then I'm not married to it. Then I'm not in control. I'm just kind of walking the path and like Carolina and I talked about in her episode, it's just, you're walking your path and you're feeding your path. And then there's a rock or a boulder and you have to step over it. And then there's a stream you have to walk around and all these different things that feels more like what's happening. And maybe that's just me altering my own definition and relationship to truth. I feel like that would serve us so much better than trying to control this narrative and this truth that we're so attached to. like what you're talking about is, is the essence of spirituality, which is all the practices and the development of ourself. So if that is the truth, that truth will always be evolving as you experience new things, discover new things about yourself. I think about it as like, you know, just as women, our evolution from made, maiden to crone to mother, like whatever that is, you know, like through each of those stages, like giving birth, Like that's a whole different thing of that brings up new experience, new intuitive things, new spiritual practice, understanding, awareness, things that you won't know until you've experienced it. And so you come back to this idea. I love that idea of this, like Katie, what you said is it's not black and white and Kelly, how you said it's this letting go of that concrete answer. And if you can come to the understanding, like, I know for my goal and my truth in this life is I just hope to continually evolve, to continue to learn, to continue to gain more experiences that rich enrich my life, that help me understand whatever is of interest to me. Because what interests me and what I'm trying to figure out, that will be my truth. But that doesn't mean that that's yours, Kelly, Katie, Carolina, Laura, like all of ours could be different. And I think it's that beautiful. I, like I, I bring it back to food is like bioindividuality. We're all so different. We're going to digest things differently. Things are going to affect us differently. And that is a part of your spiritual path. That is the discovery of your truth. Oof. Oof. I mean, Meg, we've had so many conversations, even with that, like within the field that you're in, right? Of spirituality the distortion, the truth, the idea that knowledge is everywhere and information is everywhere and that can just make it even more confusing and make you want to shut it off. I mean, you even bring up about bio-individuality in regards to food. Like we've seen conflation of eating a certain way, making you more spiritual or less spiritual, which inherently takes you away from does this work for your body? Are you listening to your body? 
Are you listening to your intuition? It makes it easier to be like, oh, this person did it this way. So that's how I'm going to get there. But the more and more we do that, the more and more we separate from ourselves. And I think that for me, in order to keep from separating ourselves, when we go to work with people, when we go sit in a women's circle or take a program or a course or any of those things, asking questions like, why am I here? What do I get to learn? How am I maintaining my sovereignty and integrity in this experience and not giving my power away? And am I dependent on this person to fix me or to answer my own questions. And I, I call myself out and really try and hold myself accountable as a facilitator, as someone who does these things for others. Because if, if I feel like someone is relying on me to answer their question, I will immediately ask them a question back. Because to me, I'm not the one with your answer. You are. I am merely here to facilitate the conversation, to ask you better questions for you to find that within yourself and to mirror it back to you. Because we are mirrors for those people coming to us. They get to see what's there for them through us, through their lens, which we serve as that mirror back. And so I feel Like this is my way of staying in integrity in my work of maintaining that container so that it is not a come to me, let me solve your problems and then send you on your way just in time for you to come back and buy another course or program for me to solve your next set of problems, right? And that is really for people to step into that discernment of, How are people facilitating? How are they selling their programs? How are they holding the container? Are they really allowing me to ask better questions and to step into that? Or are they providing a space where they're the ones at the center of this universe? Well, there's Laura. (laughs) That's Laura coming in with those questions, being able to get those better questions and all of that, you know. That truly is what makes a very powerful coach. That's what makes a very powerful psychiatrist, therapist, mentor. Um, All of the the biggest things that, the biggest growth, growth experiences I've had in my life have been from working with somebody that you think you're going to them for the answers, but in turn, they're helping you see it within you. And that's what you're talking about, Kelly. That's like, I think that's such a great starting point and tool for somebody that's listening to this conversation. That's like, okay, well, how do I do it? What, like, how do I get to that place? Well, start asking yourself those questions that Kelly just said. Are you dependent on that person? How is this teacher of yours, this guru, this guide, this coach, how are they facilitating your interactions? What is it that you're dependent on and independent about? I think of two. The reason I love all of you so much and our sisterhood is because we're not here to get anything out of one another other than connection. So when we show up, think about how much I think every single person on this um, call has said at one point or another that this group has been one of the most profound experiences of their lives, let alone the last year. Okay, so there's that. 
Let's look at how this works, though. We never tell each other what to do. We never try and control one another. We never say, oh, you're having this issue. Um, Here's how you fix it. We literally just show up and ask questions and provide insight. And if asked to give feedback, we give our feedback. But it is never, oh, go do this thing. And that is why the container is so powerful, because we amplify each other's sovereignty and power in just being present. And that is what gets to happen. It doesn't need to be, let me tell you what to do, and then you go do this thing, and then you will find this. It is, let me hold you in this container and show up for you so that you feel seen, held, and loved, and you will find yourself. You will know the answer. There's no fixing. Like, everything is welcome. Everything's perfect. And there's just all these gentle and subtle reminders of if you are having a week, a day, a year, a lifetime. (laughs) Just to remind you of who you are through being a mirror and coming back to like the essence of what I think all of us want to do. And even just through this episode, it's like, Everyone in your life, everything in your life is just a mirror. And any trigger that comes up, anything like that, it's also a mirror, right? And it doesn't mean that that discounts authority of the other person, other thing, situation as being this or that. But when we can reflect that, no, 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 you know, and we just want you to see yourself. And to be yourself and to write that narrative so that others can see, be themselves, see the reflection of you, see the reflection of their brilliance. Like all is welcome. There is no fixing and there is, and there is no one way. It's just like always the gentle and perfect reminders of, ah, thank you for showing up in whatever way you've shown up as, because this mirror helped me look at different areas of my life, whether it relates to me now or past versions or future versions of myself. but. It's also brilliant in how it shows up because there is no fixing. There is no forcing into one way. There's just like a total acceptance of this is so perfect. How and whatever shows up every single time we connect. That's so powerful that that notion that we're not broken, that idea in and of itself, like we need to be healed. No, you are just as you are meant to be. And that can be so painful. That can be so challenging. But there's purpose behind that. It's like, Carolina, what you were saying, it's like, reflect back on your life. That was all with intention. That was on purpose. And whatever that purpose is, only you will know. And for us, how fortunate are we to have created this sisterhood where we can meet and just be held because things come up. Some days it's wonderful, Katie, like you're saying, it's a day, we might be having a week, we might be having a year, it might be a fucking lifetime, let me tell you. But at at the end of the day, if you can reflect back on it, that's you, that's your truth. And if that's your truth, that's not wrong. You're not broken, you don't need to be healed. You're learning through that. You're moving through it to get to the next place. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. 
And with that practice of reflecting, you're able to also say, hmm, maybe that wasn't me. Maybe that was someone else and I was adopting that. And maybe I need to let go of that now, you know? And then you even deeply, you're, you're even deeper clarifying your sense of self and your knowledge of yourself through that um, allowance, you know, allow yourself to like, you know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I need to let go of that. Maybe that's not really something that I like anymore. I think it's all good. And I was just actually thinking back to the beginning of 2020 when we started meeting on our call. Remember how we were trying to like, we were like, should we create a structure? <laughs> be like, what's the framework? I was like, just thinking the of the same thing. I literally, the entire like beginning just flashed before my eyes. Why? So divinely guided. And what like a, just a preview for what is so necessary now to like, just really trust and hold space and like trust the flow, that Aquarian flow instead of having that old architecture. It's restrictive. And what I also want to add, something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, um, I've been taking weekends off social media. And my God, is it wonderful. Let me just tell you. But I see this with my clients and I see it within myself. We are in an age where there, it's so information heavy and you can access it in a million ways podcasts, books, clubhouse, Twitter, Instagram, lives. I mean, all the things. And then if you're in a group program, there's all of that stuff. And as much as this is all really great in so many ways, it also clouds our space. It clogs up our funnels so that we cannot hear ourselves because all we hear is everyone else. And so as someone who is a creator and who really needs to be in her own energy and to create and birth things into the world, I noticed that I was just drowning in everyone else's creations and conversations and beliefs and narratives. And I'm like, oh my God, why can't I even... I haven't posted a post on Instagram in over probably two weeks because I don't even have the bandwidth to do it. I'm like, I can't do it. And I kept thinking... What is going on? Well, it's because I'm drowning in everyone else's creative shit and everything else they're putting out. And so now my space feels completely full and is just up to the brim in stuff that is not mine. And I can't hear myself anymore. And so, yes, please listen to my podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And please don't feel bad about not listening to my podcast if you need to take time to hear your own damn self because you're tired of Kelly on a soapbox telling you all the things like we have to turn this shit off so we can fucking hear ourselves. Yes. 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 It's like <sighs> consumer or creator. I just think of, we have gotten so deep in a consumer society that we've forgotten what it is to create and to not consume. I love you giving permission and actually like, like recommending to people take time off tune out from me tune out from everybody else so that you can tune into yourself like that is so necessary I love mm. that that's why I love you so much it's like it is that beautiful reminder of like you know what you're not feeling the creation 
for these two weeks, but then you can look at it and be like, oh, it's because I'm not giving my spouse, myself space to create. I've, all I'm over here is just consume, consume, consume. And it, Katie, it just makes me think about like open identity, not open identity. Like you get yourself in situations where, how, what does that even look like? Like we're depending on how you are and how you consume content and how you consume life around you. Like that's all impacting how you can show up. It's so fascinating because it's like society, knowing that we're in a consumer's, you know, society has sort of compartmentalized creatorship into, oh, well, are you an artist? Because if you're an artist, then you're allowed, you know? And so the truth of the matter is that we're all artists, we're all creators, and we all are allowed to take, you know, space and time away. I'm just soaking this up so deeply. Also, it's just all society is, 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 you know, a projection of a collective projection of what's going on individually inside of all of us. So the more we all take that time away and honor, you know, our creative process, the more that will reflect whether we exert force or not upon that attention. If we just hold that attention for ourselves and enough people do it, that becomes the collective, you know? So that's beautiful. I hope for that. I don't know what this is called. Maybe one of you know, but this thing where we're only really capable of knowing 150 people. Does someone know what that's called? I just read about it and I don't. Okay. Connor was talking about it. I'll find it. And I'll put a definition in the show notes, but basically we're only capable of knowing 150 people like on a cellular human body interaction level. That's all we can do yet. I mean, I don't follow as many people as a lot of people do, but I think I follow 300 people and then I'm constantly interacting on social media and then I'm doing this and then I'm in a sisterhood circle and then I'm trying to go and meet with people and have lunch and I'm we are so inundated with people and connection. And yes, it's all beautiful. And at the same time, I don't know about all of you, but I feel a lot of pressure to be connected and to go do all these things and be a part of all these things. And it's just overwhelming to the system. And it's at what point do we say it's okay to not do all the things? It's okay to take a weekend and sleep instead of having brunch with this group and then going here and then joining a clubhouse and then listening to a podcast and then making sure you read this book because you're apparently broken. So you must do all these things. And if you don't hang out with your friends all the time, then you're a loser. Like, can we just not? (laughs) Oh, it's so good. And I love that we've, we've kind of navigated to this conversation. It's something even in the past two weeks, I, and consistently as people in the work of like guiding healing, teaching, like the reminder that we need to do that for ourselves too. And that just because we can't always show up doesn't mean that, well, it's not even not that we can always show up, that sometimes it would be better to not show up or to not do the thing. It doesn't make us any less of a insert, whatever X, Y, Z label you want to put. I, I had a, um, you know, currently running a bunch of groups, masterclasses, masterminds, like, and expanding my capacity in a big way, in a way that feels really good and really right. 
but also I'm consistently shown and consistently having to tune in even more to like setting space to tune into myself when I feel so compelled to like connect outside of myself, which is just part of who I am um, and part that I love, but it, but it is in, in holding more. I've been shown in the past two weeks in particular of examples of situations where I'm being called to hold more and to be really, really discerning and to um, really show that I'm walking this walk of what we're all saying. And in that need to consistently remind and check in, like, how am I doing? Where do I need to slow down and like take time to completely block off my calendar for three days and do nothing? or talk to no one. And it's, I mean, this is, this is the fine line of what we're navigating. Like, where am I potentially hearing too much outside stuff and feeling like I'm hearing less of myself right now? And it's never about shoulds anymore for me. It's more just like the noise, right? There's always this noise and, and noticing when for me, it happens on a nervous system level. And for me, it has happened in like my body shutting down, which I'm rewriting that narrative. But it's listening, like listening to the subtleties and knowing, uh oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, Katie, like it's, it's about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to just share this. It's called Dunbar's number. The theory of Dunbar's number holds that we can only really maintain about 150 connections at once. So um, this anthropologist uh, became convinced that there was a ratio between brain sizes and group sizes through his studies of non-human primates. It was mapped out using neuroimaging and observation, uh, time spent on grooming, and important social behavior of primates. Basically, he concluded that the size relative to the body of the neocortex, the part of the brain associated with cognitive and language, is linked to the size of a cohesive social group. This limits how much complexity a a social system can handle. It just makes me think about how burnout is now a medical term. Yes. Literally now in a doctor can diagnose somebody of having burnout. It's too much. We're too overstimulated. We're trying to do too many things because we think we quote unquote should or need to. It's because of, it's like that same, like so overly visually stimulated that you can't discern like what is actually for you or for somebody else to turn off. You feel guilty if you disconnect. You feel like we feel guilty for resting because it's like we, we're now like sensationalizing and like glorifying this like overworked, overdoing. I know 10,000 people. I know 100,000 people. Like who gives a fuck if truly all we really need are those or with the capacity for 150 people. I love that explanation because sometimes you think about like, I I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but you have so much going on at once. And then you, it's like that, it is burnout or it's like that point where you just finally, like at some point you just break because you're like, I just can't, it's too much. And I no longer want to hold all of this. And can we just be honest about the insecurities that are actually causing us to feel the need to know a bajillion people and interact and show up and do and hustle and grind? And let's just all take a collective sigh and melt into the fact that we all have these core insecurities, beliefs, patterns, all of these things that are the foundation that create this need. 
this need to be known, this need to be followed, this need to be all knowing, all of that. I feel that if we could all just be a little bit more honest and transparent about our own insecurities and the beliefs that are not serving us, but are dictating our every decision, we wouldn't have a culture that is so hell bent on the doing. Didn't I read somewhere too? That's a part of the Aquarian age too. It's this moving away from materialism. Mm -hmm, We're moving mm -hmm. away from these, that mentality, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's all about sharing and um, collaborating instead of competing, you know, freedom of information. I, it's so funny, Kelly, because as you were reading that definition, I'm like, well, I don't really know if we are really that related to apes in my personal beliefs. Yeah. I have more of like an ET, like <laughs> hybrid kind of, you know, yeah. celestial like viewpoint. So Love I feel you. like that definition probably is evolving in my truth. I feel like maybe because people are evolving. So we are all, we're not static, you know? So I could have known someone from elementary school and be best friends with them and know them inside and out and still come together with them as an adult with 25 or 30 years in between and have that same heart connection um, and know their essence, but not know all the things about their lives. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's really a limit that I want to subscribe to, but I subscribe to the principles of our conversation, what we're having, that I think that the way that our society has grown is a toxic, is a reflection of toxic masculinity, toxic, hyper-competitive, hyper-electric, um, like, action that doesn't out of balance because it's not honoring the feminine. And so that's like part of what this is an undercurrent of everything right now is that like the feminine needs to be honored. The balance needs to come back. We need to have both at the same, you know, level of operation and, and respect so that everything can, and, you know, come back into balance. But how interesting that our entertainment, all of our communications, the media, social media, everything is now on this massive global scale that we're supposed to hold in our consciousness and in our nervous systems. I mean, it's detrimental. So I am absolutely for the unplugging. And um, yeah, I mean, I get to a place where I actually get hot in my body. I get a lot of heat because it's like part of my constitution, but it gets really triggered. And I totally feel you, Katie, on the on the physical manifestations. And I love I love the way you wait, the way you reframe that and share that, Carolina, and that you don't want it to be a limiter for you. And I think that's amazing. I feel the same way. And what I was thinking of while you were talking about all that is um, I'll use Kim Kardashian as an example. Like I'm supposed to, in this, this social experiment we're all in, I'm supposed to keep up with everything that Kim Kardashian is doing. Someone who I will likely never meet, have nothing to do with, and doesn't really matter to me. 
but that is part of a relationship that I have online where I am keeping up with all the Joneses and making sure I know their life stories and how does it maybe impact me and what does this look like and following people that I've never met. And that's all fine. I believe so many people are expanders for us that we never meet. But this investment of our energy into others feels like another way we are giving parts of ourselves to them. So I love the way you framed that. I love this. And I love <laughs> too. It was it's a I love that you bring up Kardashians. I was having a observation of myself observing TikTok two days ago and observing my algorithm. Cause it's really interesting for me to like manipulate my algorithm to show different like identities of people, to show different things come up. And it's because the day before an algorithm I was on had me questioning things about myself. And I was like, and so then I took a step back and it brings us to the conversation, which I don't think is a deep dive we'll be doing, but to like AI and what's happening with our brains with all of this in, I mean, without putting any limits as to what's possible connection wise, but into literally how our brains fire and are wired to perceive our reality, which is really weird. Cause I saw it, I was, I was witnessing myself seeing it. And then I just did some things to change my algorithm around, but it's crazy how, when we are creating these relationships, they're very real relationships with things that are not just people in our outside life. It's like tons and tons and tons of individuals that we'll never probably connect to or relate with in the flesh. But yet it has just as much, if not even more of an impact on our awareness in life. I even do it with dogs on Instagram. Yeah. Like (laughs) it's such a trap. It's such an energy suck. It's a vampirism. Um, so I was, this is a a very, it's a very divisive, um, mechanism that's happening on, you know, very much right now. And I know that we, it's probably a different episode. However, just in the, um, realm of, you know, beliefs and groups and, you know, spirituality as a cult or just sovereignty versus, um, group beliefs when you're only seeing something that your algorithm is providing you, your beliefs are formed based on what you're being fed. And then I've had, I just, this just came up with uh, Micah, with my beloved, because I was like, babe, this is an issue. Don't you see? Why can't you <laughs> see this? And, and then we were having, I was like in tears. And then, um, and then I was like, wait a second, that's my algorithm. <laughs> so it's just like remember that first don't let it use you and it it's so easy it's so easy so it's like it's a number one for me now I learned that like before I have a discussion um, based on what I'm witnessing in the collective on social media or on platforms I need to you know check in make sure is this an algorithm thing is this really happening what is this I love that 
Um, I do want to give the floor to Laura. I have a feeling she's been listening and she, I told her we could not do this podcast without her. Oh, she hasn't been listening, but I'm going to put her on the spot. Um, because Laura was part of my inspiration for having this conversation. I, we've talked about her multiple times in the way she, you know, helps us ask better questions and really challenges to do challenges us to do so. Um, Laura, I know you haven't been in on this whole conversation, but we've been really diving deep into giving our power away and relying on gurus and how society has really put us in a place where that is the acceptable narrative. So if you have anything to share on that or anything that you feel called to share, I would love for you to join. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And I apologize. Um, I'm sure this conversation has been so juicy. Uh, we literally, I'm, I'm here. I love that. I'm just here at my business and we just had freaking everyone and their mom come in, but we, um, do we outsource our power and I've been victim to it. I've done it for sure. Um, there's been times where I have felt upside down sometimes in my life and, um, I've been searching for anyone like a life vest and just pulling, pulling, pulling. And I think we can grasp for information and a lot of it we can take as gospel, you know, without exploring it as truth for us. And there's knowledge and knowledge is power, but then there's wisdom and that's digested owned knowledge, right? That we actually walk as our truth and then it becomes wisdom. And so I think all of our wisdom is different. You know, all of our ways to be fit are different. (laughs) All of our ways to feel free inside of ourselves are different. All of our ways to feel home inside of ourselves are different. All of our ways to feel empowered are different, right? And we go through different chapters of our lives. Like, you know, what I liked in my twenties, what I like in my thirties, right? Is not what I like in my forties. And you know, there were times where I wanted to have kids and I didn't want to have kids. And, you know, who I look to as inspirations has changed over the course of my life. And I just think the biggest thing that's been most important to me is great. This is knowledge. What resonates for me as truth inside of myself, because especially inside of 2020, it's been so much. And I'm sure you guys have talked about this perspective and like, far left, far right. This is what to do. Vaccine, no vaccine, vote this way. Don't vote this way. You know, black lives matter. All lives matter. There's been so many things that have happened and I've had to just get really clear at what's true for me, what feels right for me and then explore that. And then as I explore that and I walk that, it then becomes my own wisdom. And then I can teach it because I've walked it my way, right? With my spin on it. You just literally like every single part of our conversation. And now Laura has to go and do her job again. So yep. it's so perfect. Oh my God. That was so great. That's why I fucking oh love good. her. <laughs> Mute drop. Can I just, can I just, I wanted to tell her that when she said like living her truth or however she said it so much better than I'm going to right now, but living it, experiencing her truth. And then it becomes her wisdom. We didn't really tap into that. And I love that because that's what it feels like. It feels like a bunch of experiences. You're following your compass. You're walking around boulders, jumping over streams. And then you navigate this thing to then it solidifies within you as wisdom. And she talks about it around knowledge. You you have these experiences that are your knowledge, that that knowledge becomes your truth. And then once you integrate it, that is your wisdom. And that is literally everything that we were talking about that Laura just like so beautifully <laughs> like analysis made it to this like cliff notes analysis of like what we've just been like z- 
like on this path discussing. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. That feels like a really perfect ending point, actually. I I love mm-hmm. that. Um, I just want to thank each of you. It is so special to sit with each of you in this group um, and to have individual conversations and to also watch the through lines when we all come together. We're all having like these side conversations and then we come together and it's really beautiful to kind of witness each other in our own growth and our own wisdom and challenge one another and speak about these things because I wanted to do this because I know what is possible in conversation. I know that these are such great resources and outlets uh, for people. And no, what we say doesn't have to be your truth for those of you listening. But if it feels expansive, if it feels curious, if it feels interesting, then I think that's an amazing thing. And so I just want to thank each of you for being here and being willing to be so transparent and share part of yourself. And I just love you guys so much. We love thank you. Thank you. Love you so much. This was incredible. Yes. Thank you, Kelly, for holding space like and introducing your community to what we do on a weekly, daily basis, because these are the conversations that we have that we're always like, do other people have these? Are they talking about this? Are they knowing? People need to be having these conversations because like you said, our truth and what we just concluded to hear is different for anybody else. And I just... This is like encouragement to go find your sisters, create this conversation and have this because more of these need to be happening. I agree. Thank you, Megan. I love you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you would like even more exclusive content, conversations with me, the ability to connect with women in a really sacred space to continue to challenge yourself to create space for yourself and come back home to your truth and your knowing. I would love, love, love to have you inside the Onyx, the incredible space that I created for women like you who want more and who are ready to lean in to all of it. You can go to patreon.com slash the Kelly show. The link is in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you in there and hold that space for your growth. See you soon.